in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other once scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their sh. Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. And welcome into the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. As always, we are live in the Ingalls studio. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside Sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and seen everywhere on YouTube. Just go to the sportsocracy.com. Click on the live video link. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. You can watch us each and every afternoon. Uh, and tomorrow, that will be your only way to watch us. It won't be live, but there's something happened today that has inspired me to correct some wrongs okay and and we'll do that in our time slot tomorrow all right good deal more on that coming up later on in the program we'll get into that at the top of the four o'clock hour as well as uh talk about the the, that that could be a rule change all you people that lost your minds after that division round playoff game between the kansas city chiefs and the buffalo bills uh you you may get your wish we may have a change to the overtime rules to talk about that in the four o'clock hour as well as be joined by the commissioner of the Southern Conference, Jim Schaus. Going to be on the program with us. Great interview. Love this guy. Oh, he's uh, a wonderful guy. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, a lot of history with the Southern Conference as well. His dad was actually a coach for West Virginia way back in the day. Coached Jerry West when they were in the Southern Conference. Uh, but Jim Schaus, commissioner of the Southern Conference, will be joining us this afternoon uh, right around 425. We'll talk to him about, of course, the Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships. Coming up at the Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville, it all starts on Thursday. We will have, of course, uh, coverage for you of that coming up on, uh, on these here airwaves all weekend long. We've got, we will have, uh, probably. I'll say probably every game on the Saturday slate. It all depends on what UNC Asheville does in the Big South tournament. Uh, but we will have Saturday full, uh, you know, bell to bell coverage of the SOCON tournament and the men's basketball, uh, quarterfinals, semifinal Sunday. We'll have both of those games for you here on our, uh, iHeart Media Asheville stations, uh, ESPN Asheville and on, uh, News Radio 570 WWNC. And of course, you can go to the Southern Conference tournament on us. We've got family four packs, two more to give away today. Uh, and so just keep listening for your chance to win those tickets. Uh, if you don't win the tickets, you can buy your tickets online at SoConHoops.com. And of course, our good friends from Ingles will have the Ingles fan zone set up. You can go out there, hang out, grab swag from, uh, from your favorite Southern Conference team. The mascots will be uh, going around. There'll be interactive games. There'll be a giant TV screen that you can play video games on. They got it all in the Ingles fan zone right there in the lobby, the Jan Davis lobby of the Harris Cherokee Center Asheville, and of course, uh, they have more going into the Thomas Wolf Auditorium. Going to be a great setup uh, for the Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships, and uh, uh, let's talk about John Morant to start off the program. There has, here. I don't think there, I have ever seen 
more ridiculous overreaction to one dunk in my no, life. Now, now, come on, come on. This is a good thing. It's a good thing that people are finally starting to come around to my side that John ja Morant should have been the number one overall pick in his draft class over Zion Williamson. In every argument, there is somebody that is wrong and there's somebody that's right. <laughs> and you just so happen to really be dedicated to being on the former side. I have of that. absolutely loved John ja Morant since his junior year at Murray State. This kid was setting the world on fire in the OVC, and then he comes to the NBA. And he is just as good, if not better. I mean, who, sure, skill wise, he's better. Who ended his college career? Oh yeah, what's that? Florida My State. Florida State Seminoles. <laughs> John Morant, though, putting on a show last night, fifty-two points, and the dunk over seven-footer Jakob Pertl that just destroyed the internet. And I, not only that, the dunk's getting a lot of play. But what I don't think is getting enough play is the buzzer-beating shot that he hit at the end of the first half. Going into halftime, Steven Adams, by the way, uh, if you need a quarterback in the NFL, uh, maybe Steven Adams, he might be the best weapon. He's got a pretty good had. arm. He's got a pretty good arm. And also at seven foot tall, he would not have any problems like Kyler Murray. He'd be able to see over the offensive line really well. Diagnose the plays. I don't know, but he threw a dime full court to the corner. John ja Morant catches it midair, spins, throws it in, and it was, he said it after the game, like, I will probably never be able to hit a shot like that again in my career. It was one of the most fantastic shots I've ever seen. Had it been a actual buzzer beater to win a game, it'd be the greatest shot in NBA history. The kid's incredibly talented. Yes. And I've heard varying opinions today. Uh, Colin Cowherd, who's going to get a a little love on this show because he said two really stupid things today. (laughs) The first one is comparing John Morant to John Wall and Russell Westbrook. That's not who this kid is. Where he gets dinged is he's not a great point guard. Mm -hmm. He's a great playmaker. And in the history of the NBA, there's never really been a guy like that that was overly successful. As a point guard, you have to be who disperses the ball and, and team basketball and things like that. Here's the thing. The league's changing. If Russell Westbrook was a rookie right now, I would be much less down on him than I was when he came into the league. Okay, It's just a different league now. I look at Ja and go, you know what? This is the guy seventh in the NBA in points. He's fourth in the NBA in per. And this Memphis team is a lot of fun to watch. Yes, they are. But they have one problem. What's that? Name me the team that has ever played like this that's won a title. No, oh, They well. play insanely fast. Mm-hmm. And when you get into the playoffs, they get to be a problem. So you're saying... Because there's such a little turnaround. It's Phoenix Suns all over again. I was getting ready to say that. The game has changed. We're not quite to the point of, yeah, I think that's going to win titles. I love Ja. But what got us talking this morning was... What you said about he should have been the number one pick over Zion Williams. 100%, not even close. And this is what's so unbelievably stupid and overreactionary to me. In the draft with Zion, 30 NBA teams out of 30 would have taken Zion ahead of Ja. And I would argue if everything was equal, no injuries, no Zion's a little tubby, none of those things, I would still take Zion ahead of Ja. To this day, I would still do it. And I think every NBA team would probably do the same. And they might. Uh, the problem uh, is that you'll never see that. No. Because you do have the weight issues. You have the, the, the games he's missed. 
that's the problem. That's the number one problem for me. I Because I had these concerns with Zion when he was at Duke. That, yes, he's a freak of nature. Yes, he's super powerful. Yes, he can jump out of the gym. And I even defended his shot sometimes, which is awful, right? Zion Williamson does not have a shot. No, he but has he one has, shot. Dunk. Well, he hey, ha- hey, look what I can do. I am 6'7", and I'll be honest with you, I've met Zion. If he's 6'7", so am I, because we looked eye to eye with each other. He has, I, rem- I think I remember us arguing about Zion and his capabilities. I mean, he has the ability to, to, to hit mid-range jumpers. He has the ability to hit long-range shots. He just, obviously, the best way for him to score is to get to the basket, and he doesn't do it very often. Um, but to me... I always had the concern that Zion's weight, his body build is good. he's too powerful. We, you know, we worry about big guys and their knees holding out and we worry about um I won't say overweight, I'll say hefty guys, you know, bulky guys in the NBA. We worry about back issues with them as they get older, all of this. I've had these concerns with him since Duke. Well, I mean, and here's the thing is that I feel like people have this revisionist history that there's never been a player with weight issues that was any good. Right. Uh, one of them is arguably the face of the NBA. Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. It's the most known face in the NBA, not named LeBron James. The round mound of rebound. And I just, it's so comical to me because since we, we, we did a topic on Zion a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I've had a lot of, oh, there's no team in the NBA that would give up any kind of capital for him. Oh, yeah, yeah there they is. Would. Of course there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, they would. But the, but would they be taking a major risk doing it? No. Absolutely. No. If you put Ja in New Orleans and Zion in Memphis, I think it would look vaguely similar to exactly what you're you saying right ja now. think Ja Morant would be doing the same thing of, uh, okay, so... No, 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 got- no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is I think we would be talking about Zion Williamson as the best player under 25 in the NBA because that team fits him better. Ja, the problem with him, he would go to New Orleans. What else are you worried about? Name me who on that team you're really scared of. Well, I mean Brandon Ingram. <sighs> who can't really shoot. So, uh, okay, great. I've got two. Uh, I've got a guard and a, uh, a another guard in a forward's body, and neither one of them can shoot. Right tremendous that's the problem with zion he looks at this team and goes no mm-hmm. which and, to and, me is a flaw <laughs> to me it's a flaw i've never said it's not a flaw okay i'm saying that we have gone through every list of of young players in the nba i would i, I to me john luka Doncic are one a and one b yes and for me zion williamson's still three He's not for He's me. He's still three. He's not for me because I cannot get over the facts that we know. The facts that we know, he's already struggled with injuries. He's, you know, struggling right now with an injury. Like, if you don't want, if you don't believe any of the uh, conspiracy theory, I guess it's to say, of he's not really hurt. He's just playing this injury up. No, he's overweight he, because he doesn't want to. Uh, he doesn't want to be in New Orleans anymore. I know there's a lot of that that goes on, and I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying that's how a lot of people feel that Zion doesn't want to be there anymore. This stuff came out in the off season, so of course he's going to use the excuse of I'm. Um, you know, I'm too overweight, I've re-injured myself, or I'm going to have to have a second surgery, or what, just biding his time until he gets out like Anthony Davis did. I fully believe that if at the trade deadline, the New Orleans Pelicans had said, you know what, we're done with it, and shipped Zion out, he'd already be on the floor right now. 
Okay. I have not had one soul tell me that, but I fully believe it. Okay. So there you go. So so according to you, maybe the cons- there's some truth to the conspiracy theories here that Zion's not giving it his all. Well, you now, also so- have to remember, uh, how many years did I spend in Greenville? Where did Zion play in high school? Right. At Spartanburg Day. Right. We know some of the same people. I've never heard one of these things about him. Mm-hmm. Not one. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to New Orleans, and all of a sudden he's lazy and doesn't want to play. And he's not a team player. Right. Or, or, or maybe this thing that I have said, and I've said this with the NFL draft. I, I do limited coverage with the NBA draft. I've said it with that too. It very much matters where you go. And I heard somebody say this this morning, and I have yet to, I had never heard this before. Do you know what changed in Memphis? What changed? Memphis was a was an also ran franchise mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden uh, it, it was just jaw. No, do you know who the owner of the Memphis Grizzlies is? I mean, I think Justin Timberlake's part of the ownership group. Uh, he's two two tenths of a percent. <laughs> right. I don't know. The guy's name's Robert Para. Okay, he is the founder of Ubiquity Networks. Ubiquity. He was the poorest owner in the NBA when he bought this team. Okay. And then this thing happened. His company exploded. And now he's on the Forbes top 50 richest Americans list. Right. And weird. It's weird how when that happens, the team got better. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Ja has nothing to do with it. I'm saying I think people put their fingers in their ears and act like other things don't happen. Right. I love Ja, and I'm not trying to slight him at all. He's very electric. He's he, to me. He's one of the most consumable products in the NBA. Yes. But this thought of oh, Josh should have gone one over Zion. I I will be honest with you, and and I've asked this question: What would have happened if somebody had done that? The response I got in large was the GM wouldn't have made it out of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't have even given him a plane ride home. Mm-hmm. It'd be like you figure out how you get there. And how have we changed this much in two years? This is a point where this the thing hasn't done anything. Because he's we've done seen nothing. what Zion has done. Oh, you mean be fourth in the NBA in per? Stop that. And, and one, he's played one season. He was yeah. fourth in the NBA in per. You know who's ahead of him? LeBron or uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow he's just a bum. And I've heard this all day, and it might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Compared to John Morant? Absolutely. He's if a bum. you told me right now, and I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'll 100% honest with you. If you told me right now I could trade John Morant for Zion Williamson, and I know what the effort level is going to be, I'd do it 100 times out of 100, and, and you, I wouldn't think about it. And you know what the effort level is going to be. What does that mean? I know he's bought in. Because right now he's a little – I mean, I'm not sitting here telling you that the kid doesn't have flaws. Right. I'm saying in the course of two calendar years, he's gone from a generational talent to, oh, we should have taken Jaw over him, in spite of the fact Jaw's won one playoff game that was – not really even a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the play-in game. Yeah, you, you, you do realize he's done nothing, right? And, and look, this team is very good. You're also underselling how good that team is. There mm-hmm. are eight guys that play for the Memphis Grizzlies that would be the second best player for the New Orleans Pelicans. Sure. Right now. Brandon Clark, who can barely get run, would be the star of the New mm-hmm. Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson, and you Desmond don't think Bain. that a kid that, we get it, and you talk about the the reservations you had with Zion. Yes. how many of them were not about his body? 
None how many res- Exactly. None of them. Exactly. This is a kid that knows he does not have long in the NBA because he's not built that way. Mm-hmm. He's not 6'11". He's a, he's a really electric wing that's built like a power forward, and he's not power forward sized. Why in the world? Why in the world would I trot out there with this G League roster knowing that? Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. And I think the the conversation today would be much different. So I have this to, is not a slide at job. No, this is no. a I'm dumbfounded at how many people have just jumped ship on Zion. I, I, I get what you're saying, but again, there's a reason that we jumped shipped on jumped ship on Zion. It's because how many games has he played? What did you say? Seventy one. He's played, he's 70, played 71, played 61 last yeah. year, played 10 in his first year in the league. Yeah, 71 games in now three seasons in the NBA, and I I don't care. I don't care that you don't want to play with New Orleans. I, that shows me what you're all about. That the, shows me that you're all about number one, and I don't want you to be a part of my team. So me n- as a the player in the NBA that's not. I understand that. See, that's what's but that's this is revisionist what we, history but to me. It's... It, of course it is. That's what we're talking about. You, you do realize the face of this league just came out in the middle of a season and said, whoever drafts my kid, that's where I'm going to play. Oh, yeah. And you're sitting here telling me that, oh, but John Wibbs is me first. Really? Yeah. You cannot say those two things sentence to sentence and not understand how blissfully stupid it is. <laughs> no, I never that's saw- how every player in this league is. Never- it's just one of them's playing with a G League team, and the other 29 have legitimate franchises. I never said that LeBron James wasn't a me-first kind of guy. I mean, that's been his entire thing, right? It's been for him all about chasing Jordan. It's all about chasing the championships. You know, leaving Cleveland to go to Miami, build the super team, and then, oh, guess what? Cleveland's got a super team now, so let me go back to Cleveland and Win a title there. Uh, oh, let me go to the L.A. Lakers and try to build a super team there. Win a championship. Guess what? Oh, I did. Uh, that, that's awesome. All I'm saying with Zion is that should be a major red flag for everybody in a front office to go, do I really want to hitch my wagon to a guy who so far in three years has been oft injured or Twice. refuses to play for his team? Either way, it's all of the concerns that I had about him coming in and – and he's again, in, he's been injured twice. Outside. One of them was an injury he had when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. And the second one may or may not be an injury. He may have a, a, a strained oblique from how much how many things have gone into his face. But again, and see, I guess this is this is where you and I just our, our brains don't link up on this. You don't look at that as that's a warning sign of the effort that he will give me. If he doesn't start liking how things go in L.A., wherever he ends up, if he doesn't like it, then he's just going to quit. Because you undersell how bad this is. That that's the the part of this that's always really bothered me. I, and I'm on the way out here. I'm going to say a line that, and I can't disclose who told this to me, but it's somebody that's had interactions with four sitting presidents. I'm going to use the same line he gave me about stars in the NBA. Okay, if you met every president. Knew nothing of them. You just took your 10-minute interaction with them. You'd never vote for anyone ever because every one of them has personality flaws. Mm -hmm. If in the NBA you're trying to build a bunch of spunky little go-getters, you can have Thomas Sadoransky and and Alex Caruso and all of that. You have all those guys you want. You give me Zion. You're selling stock, selling shares of Zion. I'll buy them all. And based off the comment section of our YouTube stream, everybody is. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, 
there is a team in this league that's going to go, you know what? It's really hard to find generational talent. Mm-hmm. We universally thought Zion was that. And we thought Jaw was too. Jaw was very good. He was just a step below. You didn't yeah. know if he would ever be able to lead and be the number one player on a championship team. You still don't know that, by the way. You still he's won one playoff game. Stop. I get it. You st- but we have way more faith in him being able to do that now than I think we do in Zion. I as a populace, I know I, you. Don't. I don't. I know I, you. Don't. I know that I've seen him for almost one full NBA season. He took a team that I'm going to be nice and say is dysfunctional. Uh, if I was being not nice, I would say they make the Sacramento Kings look like the New England Patriots. Yeah. But tomato, tomato. And in that, he was the fourth most efficient player in the NBA. Yeah. And if I'm any team in the league, I'm looking at what's in the draft this year, what was in it last year. Look at Cade Cunningham in Detroit. Uh, speaking of which, if you like money, uh, stay tuned to the last uh, of this hour. I will give you something with Cade Cunningham that will make you all the dollars. And I just go, I still would take Zion. Okay. All right. If I was building a top 25 or, or a top 10 list, which we did, and we'll get into that after the break. Yep. I can't have Zion any lower than three. On the way out here, we'll answer this question. It was asked by our good friend David Smith of Armchair Commentary. Check him out. Podcast awesome. Does a great job. Anyway, Armchair says in the comments, says, is Zion still a generational player? Yes or no, Jeremy? I'm going to say yes, and after the break, I'm going to prove it. All right. Here's my answer. As much shade as I've thrown his way, absolutely. There's no question he still can be a generational player in this league. Is it going to be a gamble if you pick him up? Sure. We'll do the top 25 under 25 in the NBA when we come back from the break here on ESPN Asheville. But as we head into it, you want to go to the Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships starting this Thursday through Sunday? Four pack of tickets right now. Just give me a call at 225-4988. 225-4988. You want a four pack of tickets to the Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships. You use it for any of the sessions except for the championship session on Monday night when the men will play for the title. Call us right now at 225-4988. Hey guys, I'm Ziggy, your local Philly girl, owner of Ziggy's Bakery and Deli. I created a traditional northern deli with only the most authentic cheesesteaks outside of Philadelphia, served with provolone, white American, or cheese Whiz. Our other classic deli sandwiches are made with the best quality meats and cheeses, available sliced by the pound. Join us for breakfast for house-made bagels with our custom cream cheeses. Or for something heartier, try a pork roll egg and cheese or house-cured lox. Ziggy's Bakery and Deli, in the corner of Asheville Commons, 1550 Henry. Andersonville Road, open 8 to 3, Tuesday through Saturday. The Sportsocracy. I up, son. I up. And what? Welcome back into the program here on ESPN Asheville. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green in the Ingles studio. And congratulations to Robert. He's picking up that family four-pack to go to the Ingles 2022 SoCon Basketball Championships. Again, everything kicks off with the first round of the women's tournament coming up on Thursday. Uh, Of course, uh, hopefully we will be out there on Friday, possibly Monday, depending on what UNC Asheville does. 
Again, programming note, no program tomorrow afternoon as UNC Asheville will be taking on Charleston Southern in the first round of the Big South Tournament down in Charlotte. Uh, but you want to see tournament, tur- tournament basketball? It is in your backyard this weekend, uh, Friday through Monday. You want more tickets? Uh, guess what? We're going to give away another four-pack coming up in the next hour. So stick with us, and we'll be doing that right around the appearance of uh, SOCON Commissioner Jim Shouse, who's going to join us to kind of preview the tournament. Everything is going to be going on throughout the weekend down there at the Civic Center. Uh, top, 20, or top 10 under-25 NBA players. Oh, okay, Jeremy, you said you could prove that – that uh, Zion Williamson is a generational player. Do it. All right. So in the last the last two drafts since Zion and the one that's going to happen this year in June. Okay. Would you take Zion Williamson or, or Anthony Edwards? Zion. Not close. Yeah. James Weissman was the two. Lamelo Ball was the three. Mm-hmm. I would take Zion. Real close. I do not have Zion Williamson at three though. I would love to know who you have ahead of him. Okay, I will tell you. I have. Oh, I, I, know, I have Trey I Young ahead yeah, of him. That's one I knew you were going to say. I have Trey Young ahead of him. I have Jason Tatum ahead of him. I have Lamelo Ball and Bam Adebayo ahead of him. Yeah, those last two are insane. Uh, the, the last two are absolutely categorically. You are out of your mind again. Insane. I have to take into account that you've only played seventy-one games in three years. I don't care if he's played seven minutes. I, I would take what Zion could be over both of the last mm-hmm. two guys you said. Mm-hmm. Trey Young, I think we all know how I feel about Trey Young. That was a fun little run through the playoffs last year. And, and then what happened? Yeah, they suck again. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> You're bad again! Right. Trey Young just... Now, Trey, to me, has that game of it's very finicky because he's so reliant on his ability to shoot. So if you go cold... And I know somebody's going to say, boy, what about Steph Curry? Well, here's the thing. Steph never goes cold. <laughs> Trey does. And it happens for extended periods of time. And when they do, that's one of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are brutally hard to watch. I mean, I'd still have Trey Young in the top. Five. Five? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the top yeah, five. LaMelo's the one that messes with me with Trey. I don't mm-hmm. know. If you made me choose which one of those guys would I rather have, I think it's LaMelo Ball. I think I would rather have him than than Trey Young. That one's close to me. Um, Lamelo just Trey makes people around him, him because, better, right? I have Trey ahead of him because of his individual athletic ability and his scoring ability is just far above what Lamelo's is right now. Again, what you said though, I mean, there ain't another. I don't know that there's a better passer in the league right now than Lamelo Ball. No, and that, see, this is when we get into things like this. Here's my tiebreaker. Put Trey Young in Charlotte, put LaMelo in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens? Which mm. team gets instantaneously better? Oh, it's Atlanta. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's everything you need to know. Trey Young has markedly better talent around him. Like, John Collins is a guy that would be on the backside of this list because somehow, in spite of the fact that I swear he's been in the league for 15 years, he's only 24 years old. Right. I've never seen Trey make him better. I think LaMelo would. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's one reason. If you're a Charlotte fan, you should be really encouraged right now because you still got a guy in James Balknight that I really liked that doesn't even sniff the floor. Okay. But as long as you got LaMelo, you, you got the star. Right. He's one that, and I honestly, I'd like to have him higher. 
Miles is deeper on Miles is sooner on this list, I think, than people think as well. Uh, Miles, he's going to be sooner on your list than, than on mine because I, oh, I have a funny feeling you're going to put him ahead of somebody that's going to make me laugh out loud. And I, I, like I don't Miles have him on this list. Okay. I, do, I do not have him in my top. What I'm saying is, if we did a overall under 25 team for the NBA, I think I think Miles Bridges would be higher on that list than some might think. He would have been my 13. He's Just, I'm, and that's soft. I, I can't I think tell I you him. definitively. I, I, I would probably have him run down around 15 yeah. or so. Um, but Jason Tatum's my four. I mean, the guy has been unbelievable in Boston. He's better than I even thought he was going to be when he was coming out of Duke. Again, he's another one of those Duke guys that he goes into the NBA, and I'm like, I don't know, he's a Duke guy. And then he gets to Boston, and it's like, oh, that kid's special. Yeah, my fear with him is I don't know that he can ever be a true one. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he's the best player for the Celtics, but he's also got Jalen Brown that is very close. Yes. I, I just feel like he's, he's always going to need that Robin to his Batman. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs the Robin to their Batman, though. Yeah, but not all of them need Robin to be Jalen Brown. <laughs> right. You know, who's the Robin to John Morant's Batman right now? Jared Jaren Jackson. Jackson. I like Jared Jackson. Uh-huh. I, I do. Uh huh. He'd be on this list, too, I think, if he's under 25. He's not. Or he is. I think he's right there somewhere in that neighborhood. I think he's younger than you think he is. He might be. That's one of the fun parts about playing this game in the NBA, because you look at a guy like the guy that's my six, De'Aaron Fox. I feel like he's been in the league for a decade and a half. He's 24 years old. (laughs) Jaron Jackson's 22. I knew he was really young. I knew he was really young because he's he he either just did sign or he's getting ready to sign an extension. Yeah, which means he's been in the league for four years. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Jaron Jackson, he's he's unbelievable too. So he should he should be down on this list. He'll be a little bit ahead of uh, Miles. (laughs) He would have been right behind him for me on my on my list. Um, All right. So who's your four? Uh, my one was Luca. Yeah, Luca Jaw combined. All right. Uh, then Zion. And now you've confused me because I've already said this, so I scrolled past it. I was hoping if I talked long enough, I'd eventually oh, I'm remember. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, my four. My four was Lamella. Lamella. Yeah. Okay. Then Tatum was my five. Okay. Or no, Trey Young was my five. Lamella was my six. Jason Tatum would have been my seven. Okay. All right. Uh. No, 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 no props for Bam Adebayo in that in that top six or seven. I like Bam, but at the end of the day, he can Bam can score in the he if he is as close to the basket as I am to you right now. Yes, and that always makes me nervous because it's I need so hard for guys in this league to. That's all I need him to do. I think he is the best young rim protector. You know, and I don't go disagree to the with basket. That. I just want that gritty guy on my team, and that's why I have him. Uh, I have him just ahead of Zion on my list because because of the injuries with Zion. Now, if the injuries didn't exist, of course Zion's going to be two. I can't go any higher than two with Zion, but it's because of the injuries that I have to knock him on this list. What can be? Still, like I said, going into the last break, I think he's going to be a generational player, but that's only if he can stay healthy, he can stay on the floor, and we haven't been able to see that yet. Now, after after him on the list, that's where I have Jared Allen. I have Jared Allen at eight. This is where I would have had Jamal Murray eight days ago. Okay. But he turned 25 uh-huh. eight days ago. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So Jamal Murray no longer eligible for this list either. No, this is where I'd have DeAndre Ayton. I, okay. I I look at Ayton and go, A, you're younger. 
B, you score about the same way, and I just think you're more impactful. Now, granted, that could be because you got Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But at the end of the day, Bam's still got Jimmy yeah. Butler. And yeah. he, Bam's a very specific team fit. He needs guys around him that can shoot. That's why the, the Colin Cowherd, well, they should trade uh, for LeBron James with two ones and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. And, uh, Wait, what? What? Uh, that's LeBron's only way to win a title, so Miami should make the deal for him uh, in the offseason. Yeah, because he ain't winning one in L.A. No, he definitely no. ain't winning one in L.A. No, that L.A. thing is not going particularly well. <laughs> oh, you got the one. And then... E. Yeah, and the only reason you got the one was because you got four months off in the in the middle of the season to that rest up your helped. old bones and your brittle bones with uh, with Anthony Davis. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is next on my list at nine, and then my ten. This was I, I don't know. I, Darius Garland maybe is my ten. I've got this is a group of guys that I have. I have De'Aaron Fox, I have Darius Garland, I have Anthony Edwards. Oh yeah, and I forgot SGA. De'Aaron Fox. That's, I was sitting there going, how why did my numbers not work out? <laughs> you asked me to go backwards. Uh, I, I apologize. Um SGA, Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, Darius Darius Leonard. Darius Darius Leonard, great linebacker, not a great NBA player. Darius Garland. All those guys are kind of right here in this. I would squeeze them in somewhere in this 10 to 15 range of just, these guys are really, really good, but you don't crack the top 10 for me yet. Garland's my 10. And and I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of, kind of being wishy-washy on this Mm -hmm. because he's the one player that I don't know exactly what he is. If you told me anybody in this realm, the the 9 to 17 range, became a just consummate all-star, it'd be Garland. Really? It'd be Garland. Well, because he came in, replaced Colin Sexton this year, and now look how good they are. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, it has a lot to do with how many bigs they have and the way they're playing. He's still the the straw that stirs the drink. And I kind of look at him and go, that kid could be Damian Lillard right. in a year, and it would not surprise me in the least. Now, th- now let's go down to 15, 16, 17. That list would probably also include Evan Mobley. So, Evan Mobley's very good. So think about, just think about it. We got three Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. in the top 15, 16 of uh, ki- players. Un- I won't say kids because I'm getting old. Uh, players under 25. Yeah, you're old NBA. enough to be all of their dads, so just. Oh, did that make you? That, that did, did that hurt work? My that good soul. For you? Ouch. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and here's the thing, uh, Evan Mobley. You would have been out of high school uh, when uh, that's how old you are. <laughs> you you had never thought Shut of that, up. had you? I had never thought of that. Yeah. Now I'm having like yeah. a crisis, like a midlife crisis, right here, live on the live air. On Thanks the air. for that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, but I would be remiss since you brought up Evan Mobley. <laughs> yep. Uh, do, do you remember last year during the draft, I said there was one guy that I had clearly ahead of everybody else? I do. Was that was that guy. He was that guy. Uh, also, Never bought Cade Cunningham. But I might tonight. You might tonight. All right. We got green on green picks of the night coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville. Coffee's the closers. After the break. After. I believe real estate isn't about properties. 
It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. If cleanliness is next to godliness look around the car right now is that very godly look life comes at you fast but so does wnc auto detailing they have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor you don't believe me check them out on instagram all that filth and years of stains disappear wnc auto detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction and they do wax and ceramic coatings call wnc auto detailing at 455-3700 premium care with a southern hospitality touch Coffee's the clothes is on. Get him the money! Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the win. Two and two last night. Thanks, Pacers, for nothing. Every time I count on the Pacers, they poo on me. Not doing it tonight, but I got one that is an absolute banger. First off, the Detroit Pistons are a three and a half point dog tonight at Washington, and that is insane to me. The starting lineup for the Washington Wizards tonight is Raul Nato, KCP, Corey Kispert, Kyle Kuzma, and Daniel Gafford. That team is favored by three and a half. If that team played Gonzaga, I don't think they should be favored by three and a half. This is a bad miss on the line. Give me the Pistons plus three and a half. The LA Clippers are a seven-point favorite tonight at the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are doing that thing that I always say, if you're going to be bad, be really bad. In the last 10 games, they have averaged losing by 16.7 points. They don't just get beat. They get obliterated. Give me the Clippers minus the seven. Finally, we won both sides of this last night, so we might as well just lather up and do it again tonight. The Toronto Raptors are a nine-point favorite against the Brooklyn Nets. Over under 218. They slaughtered the Nets last night. They were up 15 in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, yeah, but the Nets didn't have Kyrie. Uh, they won't tonight either because this what? one's in Canada. Oh, Give me no. the Toronto Raptors minus the nine over the 218. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for it. And you can take those wagers over to badhouse.com, betus.com. Use the promo code SPORTSOCRACY and get a 125% deposit bonus on whatever you put in, up to $2,500. Yeah, I can't emphasize enough. That Detroit Piston line is one of the worst ones I've seen all year. Detroit's been better in the the last, I don't know, two or three weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Now that Jeremy Grant's kind of taking a secondary role, and it's better that way. I, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't want that, but there was a lot of talk about him at the trade deadline. It's become very obvious now that you're not a franchise piece. The offense doesn't need to run through you. The offense needs to run through Cade and Sadiq Bay, and the, I've seen more of that. I also look at Washington and go, you have 11 players, and one of them could play dead in the Western on defense. So, how exactly are you planning on stopping this team? Not that they're great offensively, but I think I could score eight points on at least four people that are going to wear a Washington Wizards jersey tonight. Wow. That's, that's and I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about in the good old days. <laughs> in the good old days. Uh, well, back in the good old days, I'd weighed a whole lot more than I do right now. In fact... So, it wasn't the I, good old days. It was the big old days. It was the big old days. Uh, I, I mean, and I'm still a big guy. 
and I'm and I'm probably going to be a big guy for a while. But PhD weight loss is helping me put put uh, put myself on a path that I really never even thought was possible. You know, when we sat down with Dr. Ashley Lucas to talk about the PhD weight loss program, and she told me what that she uh, had a weight loss goal for me that she wanted me to end up on this program, being down to 175 pounds. I was gobsmacked. I was like, that's never happened to me before. But I'm actually believing it. We've been on this program since just before Thanksgiving, the Monday of before Thanksgiving. And since then, we're down. Uh, I am down 40 pounds, over 40 pounds on PhD. I am below 260 pounds. I had my monthly uh, guy gathering last night, and many of the guys at the game were like, you look great. You look better than I've ever seen you. I'm back to my high school weight, and it's all because of Ph.D. That's right. You want a transformation in 2022? MyPhDWeightLoss.com. They'll put you on the path to success. MyPhDWeightLoss.com. Second hour of the program coming up after the Sports Center update. We will have more picks from Jeremy in the uh, five on it. We'll have your weird news. We'll talk to the commissioner of the Southern Conference. Jim Schaus will join us to talk about the Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships coming up the Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville. Uh, the first thing we will discuss, though, is not only the proposal for new overtime rules in the NFL, but also Mel Kuyper did a mock draft, and Jeremy is upset with his uh, with with his. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Prognostications. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that you know he's your idol. That's what I was going for. Uh, Jeremy's going to take issue with his idol. <laughs> Coming up after the Sports Center update. Hang with. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green. Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. And welcome back into ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. We are the Sportsocracy, the uh, Democratic Republic of Sports. Beer City's best sports talk here on ESPN Asheville, live in the Ingalls studio. Uh, you can not only hear us everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, but you can see us on YouTube. Just go to thesportsocracy.com, click on that live video link. Don't forget to hit subscribe to the channel so you get all of the alerts when we put out new content like our uh, our 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 home run off seasons best possible off seasons for each and every NFL team going to be coming out in the next few days and you can also will or you will also get the alert for tomorrow's program that will be in place of this one because UNC Asheville basketball they'll be playing Charleston Southern in the Big South Conference tournament here on ESPN Asheville but don't worry, Sportocracy fans, we got you covered. We're going to have some extra content coming out tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Uh, we have a – I usually do three mock drafts, but I only do one with trades. And Mel Kuyper Jr. put out his mock with trades. So that covers something that we haven't talked about. Who in this draft could actually be a trade candidate? So the way we're going to do this, uh, Tank's team's in the NFC, my team's in the AFC. So I will control the AFC teams. He will control the NFC teams. If there are trades, we cannot trade with ourselves. Okay. So that is the one preponderance is that I, if I want to trade up for somebody, I have to convince him. If he wants to do the same, he has to do it with me. I like this. Yeah. I like this idea. So we'll have the, uh, we'll have the mock draft 
coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock on the YouTube channel only. Again, UNC Asheville basketball, uh, the men facing Charleston Southern tomorrow here on ESPN Asheville. Um, I believe we start up at 1.30, tip-off set for 2 o'clock for that uh, that showdown in Charlotte in the first round of the Big South Tournament. Coming up later on in this hour, we will be talking about the Ingles 2022 SoCon Basketball Championships. Southern Conference groups uh, or teams come up here to the mountains to, uh, to crown a champion and win a ticket to the big dance. And we will have your chance to win tickets coming up in uh, just mere moments uh, here on ESPN Asheville. A family four-pack of tickets going to be available to you. The last one that we will have to give away. You don't get in on this one. You can purchase your tickets online at SoConHoops.com. Jim Schaus, the commissioner of the Southern Conference, will be joining us as well. But let's uh, let's get into it here. Mel's mock draft, his latest one and the first one with trades. He is... Uh, well, well, he fell he, into he, the he, same the kerfuffle that everybody seems to. He has Ike McGuano at one. He does. The number one tackle in this draft. Mm, you just did that to make I me did. angry. I did. Say it. He's not a guard. He's a guard. He's, he's not a tackle. <laughs> he's a guard. He's a guard. He's a guard. It's my favorite thing that he does every year. Uh, what tackles come in listed as tackles, but will not be tackles at the next level. These will be guards. We believe Ika McQuano has, there's no doubt he's got great skills, but this guy is not a number one pick. And look, I've, I have watched the progression on him this entire draft period. He was a mid one until probably the middle of January, end of January, somewhere there. I'm not telling you he's not good because he is. And anybody that's an NC State fan will tell you that it was very obvious how good of a run blocker he was. Now, let me make this as perfectly clear as I can. If you take him at one and you intend on him being your left tackle of the future, he's going to make... Luke Jokel look like a Tonka toy. Wow, you he went deep on that one. He will make Luke Jokel look like Tony Baselli. <laughs> so there's that. Now, if you go in and go, hey, we're, we're, we're drafting a guard at one. Okay. I have a funny feeling. And look, I like Aquano mm-hmm. a lot. I have a weird feeling he's going to have a very Robert Gallery kind of career where he comes in as a left tackle and it is going to be Bad, 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 bad. Especially if it's with Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Because you have a young quarterback. What do young quarterbacks do notoriously? Hold the ball too long? Hold the ball too long. What messed with Ike McQuano in college, in the ACC, with one legitimate program in it? Devin Leary holding Speed on to the ball. Speed rushers. Oh, okay. Because he could not hold up on the outside. That's why people like me see him as guard. Now, can he be a right tackle? Yes. Yes. And is this a microcosm of what's wrong with his draft? Absolutely. Because I would say he has the highest floor in this class. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I'll just be I'll go through Mel's mock one by one. Ike McQuano is one. That's who we're talking about. Aiden Hutchison. There is an entire possibility that he is never better than the thirtieth best defensive in the league entirely possible still be a legitimate starter still be a guy that you look at and go okay it's fine 
Evan Neal at three. He's a giant human. And his, his best case scenario may be him playing right tackle. But he'd be a starting right tackle in the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. The only guy in this draft that I no doubt will tell you, stake my reputation on it, is going to be a high-end impact player in this draft class is... Who? Kyle Hamilton? There you go. Okay. I Sorry, like, I, I've only said his name 406 times. I, so. I was torn between him and Kayvon Thibodeau, but I think even you have uh, reservations about him now. I could. It's not that I have reservations about him. I, I have... He has a Zion Williamson level problem of the the effort was inconsistent, but he still had the second best pressure rate in the country. Mm-hmm. His high side is Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. so there's something to that. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau, that's a guy that if he hits his floor, he may not get a second contract in this league because he might just get washed out. I mean, it might be one of those that it, it, there were times he was legitimately bad against the run and so now it, it but this is what we do in the draft cycle is that the more time that people like me have to sit around and watch tape and and, and pick nits and things like that the more a guy like i pick Aquano, who doesn't have the bad tape skyrocket up boards mm-hmm. this happens every single year and you know what almost invariably every one of those guys has in common they bust they end up being a bust yeah not because they're not good, but because they're drafted too high. If you told me Ike McQuano went to the Baltimore Ravens at 14, uh, yep, I, I'm not going to say you should start tailoring his Hall of Fame jacket, <laughs> but he's got a pretty good, I would say he's got a 25 to 30% chance of that. Right. You tell me he goes to Jacksonville? Whew. You should do that Eli Manning thing and just uncomfortably hold up the helmet until they trade you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of that. You know, the reason I used Baltimore a minute ago, there are a litany in their fan base that think I'm just a moron. Trevor Penning at 14 would be stupid. <clears throat> Who'd Mel Kuyper have him taken? Uh, was it was it Trevor Penning? <laughs> that's in a trade down. I don't do trades. But since I saw that, I went, well, that, that could be a fun little exercise on our day off. Right. So not at 14... But at 18. Yeah, they trade down with New Orleans. Orleans. Who goes up to get Garrett Wilson, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Is Garrett Wilson... If you trade up for a receiver in this draft, I'm just going to level you. You got robbed. Right. I was going to say, is Garrett Wilson even a talent worth trading up for? In a normal draft, yes. But wide receivers, the deepest position in this class Mm -hmm. by a great deal. Corners, close-ish. There's not the high-end... Like, I know Sauce Gardner is going to be the number one corner in this class. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you, do, you, do you remember the first person that said that out loud? That was you. Yeah. yeah it's weird. The first one it's, I heard. It's weird. And who's Mel Kiefer have as the number one corner in this draft? Yeah. Sauce Gardner. That's one of those that I just looked at and went, you're going to get it eventually. You, you call me a moron for a month, and right. then you're going to figure it out and realize I'm right. I won't be shocked if Sauce Gardner goes in the top five. I can, for whatever reason, and I'm not sitting here telling you that I would be ecstatic about this, but I wouldn't be mad at it. Kyle Hamilton's not there at four. I yep, I'll take him. I'll take him at at, at four. Well, I think the first time we had talked about the possibility of your Jets picking twice in the top ten, and that was early in the season when it just looked like Seattle was going to be awful, and of course they were. 
your perfect scenario was getting Kyle Hamilton and Derek Stingley oh, don't in the that. top ten. Oh, just, uh, you know what? If, if we if we don't put it in the air, the Jets won't jet, and it will happen, <laughs> and I will be the happiest person in the world. You'll be good with Stingley. Oh no, I okay. I, I want Hamilton at four and, and Gardner at ten. And Gardner That's, at ten. That is my perfect scenario. Right. There is no happier moment to me than Kyle Hamilton at four and and, and Sauce Gardner at. at Okay, and and Mel in his latest mock draft has uh, the Atlanta Falcons at eight taking Sauce Gardner as the first cornerback off the board. Well, and that's one of the reasons that that pick started my brain working. Of there are a lot of elements to what's going to happen in this in this off season that are a big deal. You know, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have shoulder surgery now, mm-hmm. which means he's out of commission until probably July. That doesn't sour me on anything, but if I'm Washington, I'm looking at 11. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying now I would, okay, that's now we're asking a lot. You know, you're going to have to be coming back off the rehab, learning the new offense and be ready for, for the first week of September. That's a lot. I, I, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it's something you have to think about. Mm -hmm. Uh, the comical part of this is still the quarterbacks. I, I still am just dumbfounded by how many people just absolutely hate every quarterback in this class and i cannot wrap my head around it look i've seen bad draft class okay i graded the ej manual geno smith draft yeah uh, I, I went back to my notes to see what my because i always have lines you know i have i'm a catchphrase guy uh and what i said was if you draft any quarterback in this draft you should have your head examined other than E.J. Manuel, mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> who I said was a <clears throat> top 10 guy. Oh. So oh. missed that one. That was a long time ago. Yeah. We have gotten better. We have learned from our mistakes, and we don't do those things now. By quite a lot. You you missed that about as much as Grambling State missed on hiring Art oh. Riles. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't see that, he's already gone. He's already stepped away and said, uh, I don't want to be a distraction. Yeah, we knew that was going to be a distraction. There had not been a worse coaching decision made since Urban Meyer hired the guy from Iowa. Or since Jacksonville hired Urban Meyer. Uh, well, I mean. Insert Jacksonville hire here. <laughs> right. But, you know, this is just, I am, of all the drafts I've ever covered, this is probably the one I'm the most excited about. Because it's, I've never seen anything like this. Top 10 guys, the the consensus top 10 guys. And we start, uh, there are people behind closed doors that are laughing at you. For the, the potential that you would take Derek Stingley in the top 10. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that, you know, hush, hush, cloak and dagger, they're laughing at you. Oh, I've seen some mock drafts that have him dropping into the 20s. <clears throat> I would be nominally surprised. I think his one of the things I do agree with Mel on. I think his drop dead spots Minnesota. Okay, I don't think he'll fall past twelve, which makes sense. I mean, they need to rebuild that. They need a corner, and and I'll be honest with you, that team is so good, so talented that you can afford to take the risk. I mean, if if you pass Jermaine Johnson, okay, that's another guy that there's a wide variance of grades on. I've seen Jermaine Johnson in the top eight. Mm-hmm. I've also seen him in the second round, which is more where he belongs, just 
throwing that out there. I mean, I know he's a Florida State guy, and I love him, but I was going to say he's that not a top me. ten pick. Oh, I wouldn't expect you to have him a top ten, but at least first round. Mel had him at thirteen. He goes to the Denver Broncos in a trade down, and Cleveland trades up for Drake London. You know. I'm really not trying to pat myself on the back here, but do you realize how tired I get of saying things and then six weeks later, everybody, the the the, the high-end draft guys just regurgitate what I said six right, weeks ago? Right, yeah. You've been on Drake London since the get-go. So, yeah. Do you realize how tired I get of that? <laughs> no, you don't. Look, no, you don't. It makes your head swell up and you go, I knew that before Mel Kiper. Yeah, I'm not going to Yeah, lie. you do. It kind of does. <laughs> it kind of does. He gets that little look on his face. He's like, did you just mess yourself? Did, no, no, I just got proven right again. Uh, did you, uh, Mel, where'd you, uh, where'd you tell you to hear that one from? <laughs> I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, pretty sure it wasn't from you. Uh, but, uh, I'm yeah, not no. good. I was the first one that I know of that said it. Right. And I can't, and that that's just how this works. It's, you know, as somebody that did a lot of stand up, if somebody repeats one of your jokes verbatim, it's really easy to go, okay, there's no way you could possibly have done that. Right. Now, with this, Mel's a smart guy. Not the greatest mock draft you've ever seen in your life. Love him to death. Greatest hair in the business. Yep. But not a great mock drafter. The more you watch the tape, the more it just becomes abundantly obvious. I mean, to me, it's. I watch Garrett Wilson, I watch Drake London, and I go, well, if you have an IQ above salad dressing, you're seeing which one of these is clearly better than the other. That's. I, I'm not sitting here. Th- that's not what I was trying to say. I was being more farcical than I was anything. Right. But, yeah, and, and that's how I think this is going to go. The safer guys will get pushed up, and the riskier guys, the, the Derek Stingley Juniors, um, Charles Cross is one that makes me a little bit nervous. Just because the system he played in, you're, now you're going to the NFL, and this is apples and uh, this is not even apples and oranges. This is like apples and coffee cups compared to what it was he did. Mm-hmm. And I could see a lot of movement in this class because of that. But tomorrow, a random extra. This will be the second of now four mock drafts. Right. I love mock draft day. Well, but it'll just be first round mock draft, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm uh, not. I'm not going to ask you to. I was uh, going to say, like, we start getting into third, fourth rounds. Like, I'm going to one lose interest, and two, I don't know that I can go that deep. Yeah, no. I, I have a. <laughs> I have another plan for the the big mock draft that you will have to uh, basically MC. Nice. It, it's going to be I like a, that. or like a round table. I, I dig it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, the, that's one where we're going to test our Zoom capabilities. Excellent. Can't wait for it. Uh, you know what else I can't wait for? The Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships. SoCon Tournament every year is just, it's phenomenal atmosphere. And I know that, look, I, I feel like pretty much all conference tournaments, except for the West Coast Conference, uh, are competitive. And they get, they go down to the wire, and you just never know how they're going to shake out. The SoCon tournament this year is going to be phenomenal. UTC comes in at the top of the conference with one of the best teams in, uh, I would say, one of the best mid-major teams in all of college basketball, um, Silvio D'Souza. You remember that name from Kansas? I yeah, do. He plays for UTC now. Uh, so they've done a good job on the transfer market, and uh, they, you know, They've just done a heck of a job with that program. They come in. Furman's still at the top of the league in second place. It is just going to be 
a great tournament. And I got tickets for you right now. You give us a call at 225-4988. 225-4988. Your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets to the 2022 Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships. You do not want to miss the tournament. It all kicks off with the first round of the fee, uh, of the uh, of the women's tournament coming up on Thursday and then uh they got sessions all the way through Monday with the men's championship game. You can use the freebie tickets for any session you want to, except for championship Monday. So all this weekend, you want to go grab the kids, go down to uh, the Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships at the Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville. Call us right now. 225-4988. 225-4988. A family four-pack of Ingles SoCon Basketball Championships tickets can be yours. Coming up after the break, we will all also be talking to the commissioner of the Southern Conference, Mr. Jim Schaust. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community. One that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. The sportsocracy. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. And welcome back into the sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville, ninety-two point nine FM, eight eighty AM, and fourteen hundred. And of course, sportsocracy heard everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. The Ingles twenty twenty-two SoCon Basketball Championships start this Thursday at the Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville. And joining us now on the phone line, we have the commissioner of the Southern Conference, Mr. Jim Schaus. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Well, uh, we've got, uh, once again, another year set up here in Asheville. I know you guys are thrilled, as always, to be back uh, in Beer City. And uh, we've, got, uh, we've got all the festivities in line. It's almost go time. Are we ready? Yeah, we're ready. Uh, got our staff really, you know, getting all the final touches uh, ready for everything. Um, you know, it's really going to be exciting. Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, the women start on Thursday, men on Friday, uh, women's championship Sunday, men's championship Monday. But in between, uh, some of the best college basketball in the country. Uh, this is a very special event. This is our 102nd uh, tournament championship. We're the oldest postseason tournament in the country. And we think we're the best. Uh, just have a, a great host in Asheville who's hosted it most of the years uh, more than any other other area. Um, and, you know, it's just a, it's a special event, um, great facility. Uh, you know, we sell out a couple of sessions every year. Uh, on the men's side, you've got, you know, a, a conference that's, you know, been ranked in the top 10, top 12 the last number of years. Great basketball, a lot of parity. 
Uh, the women's got some great teams, too, right now as well. Um, a lot of fun activities, things that are going on. So there's just a we're really, really excited about another year in Asheville for the SoCon tournament. Definitely, we got uh, of course the, uh, the the downtown dribble is always a uh, a, a popular event for uh, folks to bring their kids out to the downtown dribble. Uh, I, I guess we still do that. We meet down at the uh, uh, well, I guess at Pack Square. Uh, the monument's not there anymore, so <laughs> that used to be the gathering place. Uh, but I guess the base of the monument is uh, is where they all uh, gather and then dribble down to the arena. And uh, we've got the Ingalls Fan Zone as well that's going to be there in the Jan Davis uh, lobby. They're going to have interactive games and all of that. So a lot goes into just uh, not, you know, making it a full-on tournament experience. That's one of the things that I thought, you know, in years past, smaller conference tournaments have been missing that. I, the first time I went to like an ACC tournament, I was blown away with all of the extra things that they had for fans there. And I'm glad that we've got uh, we've got a lot of that now going on, you know, thanks in uh, you know, in part to not only the uh you know, the 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 Asheville Buncombe Sports Commission, but also with uh, with Ingles doing the fan zone. It's all great. Well, I I agree. You know, it's really a community event. You know, Asheville the city of Asheville, Buncombe County, you mentioned the Sports Commission. Everybody, it's, it's a great team. Um, you'll probably see, I don't know, some 75, you know, pole banners in the streets. The hotels are behind this. You know, there's a charity component to this event. Uh, you mentioned the basketball dribble that takes place mm-hmm. Saturday morning uh, downtown. Um, Ingalls, of course, has been a tremendous sponsor. They've been a great partner uh, with this. Uh, the Fan Zone, they, they sponsor... Uh, trolleys that run uh, from various parking locations, getting you conveniently uh, to the arena, um, and just so many other areas that Ingalls supports. So, you know, it really is, a, as you mentioned, there's a lot of activities going on, not just the basketball. That's enough. But, you know, to go one more step, there's just a, an atmosphere in Asheville. People know the events going on. They care. Um, many of these conference tournaments, frankly, in some larger cities, People don't even know what's going on. And so we have a robust history. Uh, it matters to us, and it matters to the people in the area. Um, and I just encourage, you know, anyone who is, has never been there or hasn't been in a while, you got to come on back. Uh, you know, we've got a, you know, a very safe environment now, uh, you know, with some of the restrictions have been lifted with COVID. Um, you know, it's a, it, again, it's a, it's a fun event. If you don't have tickets or you want to learn more about it, uh, SoConHoops.com, com, great place to go to find about how to get tickets and, you know, hotels, things to do in the Asheville area. It really has everything that you need. So really encourage folks to come on out, join the fun. You don't want to miss it. You mentioned it. That's the thing that I've been looking forward to most about the, uh, I'm going to call this the return of the SOCON tournament since, I, I mean, it hasn't gone anywhere. It's still been here, but, uh, you know, the last major event, the last major sports event that we got to go to before the shutdown was the SOCON tournament back in 2020. And it was about three days after that that everything started shutting down. The NBA shut down. They started canceling conference tournaments around college basketball. Um, and, you know, being able to see ETSU win that championship and, and the thought of them getting ready to go into the tournament was phenomenal. And then everything came, you know, came to a halt. And then last year we had restrictions with the tournament. Now this year it's wide open. And 
that I mean, to me, the return of fans to college basketball has what's made this this season so special. I agree. You know, I, I really I think it's critical to you know to kind of uh, get what happened last year behind us. We were restricted in terms of attendance. Uh, let's get back to where we've been, uh, having tremendous attendance. Uh, it's going to be a safe and fun environment for everybody. Uh, we've certainly seen fans return to the regular season, and that's been fantastic. So, yes, I, I think we're, we're really looking forward to a, a really big event. Uh, this might be one of the bigger ones that we've ever had. We're really expecting some great crowds and, and great support this year. Talk to us a little bit, though, about the challenges from your perspective as the commissioner going through the shutdown and having to deal with all of the uh, the, the, the restrictions and things. Um, do you think that that hampered people or is still hampering people from coming back and, and, and getting back into the flow of things? You know, it was a challenge. You know, all of us. Uh, experienced difficulty in our jobs and our personal lives for a year and a half plus. And, you know, we were no, no, no stranger to that either. Um, you know, one of the challenges we had was, was working with our schools on having to reschedule games and determine, you know, um, you know, what, what constitutes safety and health and, and the testing that took place on the campuses and even at our championships to ensure health and safety for student athletes, coaches, and fans. And so obviously that was the paramount issue there. Uh, and now that, you know, that I, now that we've really had, you know, we had a couple of games rescheduled during our basketball season, but by and large, it's been, you know, several months since we've really had to deal with that. Hopefully it's in our rear view mirror. Um, you know, I, I think it will take sometimes, um, uh, a, a little bit of effort for some folks to kind of move it on back. Uh, I think our attendance is really building and growing, uh, as this season has, has unfurled. So, you know, whether it's your church or movies or concerts, whatever, I, I think that our society, uh, is getting back to that. I think they're getting back to being conditioned uh, to to coming to events, not just catching it on live stream or, or Zoom. Um, and so, yes, I, I think that's a you know a hurdle for everyone uh, in the entertainment business. But I, I do think we're headed back. I think we're on the right track. And, uh, you know, again, this is a, a great event to come on out to, that's for sure. On the men's side, the Southern Conference has been through uh, a little bit of a transformation here. You've seen some coaches, uh, you know, get larger opportunities at larger schools. You got Steve Forbes that is uh, obviously a Wake Forest. Now it's his, his second year there. Wes Miller has moved on from UNC Greensboro to Cincinnati. Um, I, I, I feel pretty certain that there are other coaches in the Southern Conference. Uh, not going to name any names. That that could be moving on to bigger opportunities pretty soon, uh, but to me, I, well, I guess I'll, I'll say it this way: um, tell us how that is for you guys. You know, being a uh, one of the top mid-major conferences in college basketball and continuing the tradition of winning basketball and being able to replace guys like that that move on. Yeah, I think that if you end up having a lot of coaches that people want at a higher level, then you're doing something right. And obviously, in our case, you know, you go back last four or five years, I mean, our, our conference has really evolved into a top mid-major conference. And um, so, you know, it, it, those things will happen as teams win. And uh, our, our conference has a lot of respect nationally. Uh, one of the reasons why I think we have been successful in men's basketball is, is the great coaches that we've had. And yet, even if some of those have been given opportunities, we're right back in the top 12, you know, this year in terms of performance. And so 
Um, I just think we just keep keep building on it. Um, you have a number of institutions that have invested uh, into facilities and operational budgets and salaries to help maintain and grow what we do. Um, so, yeah, I think the goal is that, you know, if you look at any successful conference at our level, you know, those things are going to happen. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a great place to, to be. Our conference is strong. Um, other coaches that, uh, you know, have an interest to want to be a head coach in our league. And so as far as I'm, you know, I'm seeing is that, you know, we're continuing that trend of success uh, despite from time to time losing a coach to a higher-level program. Uh, we're just keeping moving forward, and, and uh, I, think they, you know, I think the future still looks very, very bright for us in all areas. Uh, joining us again here in the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville, the commissioner of the Southern Conference, Jim Schaus. Uh, it's a pleasure, sir. We'll be talking to you again. Uh, uh, we're, we're, I'm sure we're going to have you on the program whenever we do our show live from the tournament itself, but uh, we appreciate it. Glad you guys are back for another year at the Harris Cherokee Center, Asheville, and uh, can't wait to see the basketball. Yeah, it'll be great. Well, we look forward to seeing you and encourage everyone to head on out to Cherokee Center uh, this year. should be a fantastic tournament. Don't miss it. SoConHoops.com. Check it out. Thanks so much. Great segue. Thank you, sir. Always the professional. He did it for me. I don't even have to throw out the website now. Uh, that's Jim Schaus, the commissioner of the Southern Conference. Uh, cannot, I, 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 again, I cannot wait. I still, uh, I'll say it again. I think UT Chattanooga is one of the best mid-major programs in college basketball. They're not quite in the top 10 of mid-majors, but they're right on the outside of it. And Furman ain't too far behind. Bob Ritchie is one of the best coaches in college basketball. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to throw the commissioner, you know, a, a hard one there, but he was the one. He's the one that I wasn't naming. Bob Ritchie's going to be a big time head coach in college basketball here real, real soon. Like we've seen Wes Miller do, like we've seen Steve Forbes do. Uh, he is going to be next in line for that. Let's get weird. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida. And there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. First off, I have to apologize if I if I hurt anybody's feelings for saying this, but I did not know that the USFL was still a thing. Like I mean, I know the new league, the Fox League, there's you know, they've claimed the names, they've claimed uh, the 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 name the USFL and all of that, but it's not actually the entity that it was in the 1980s. I didn't even know that still existed. But apparently it does. Because the original USFL is suing the new USFL. And they're they're claiming, obviously, trademark infringement. You've taken the USFL name. You've named all of your teams after retro teams from those from those uh, you know, the, the what the two seasons that we had the USFL back in the mid '80s. The original USFL has filed a lawsuit, and they are they are claiming that they don't have any rights to the league name, the logos, the uniforms, any of that, and it's all spearheaded by Larry Zonka of all people. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like in in 1985, 86, was he was he a big dog in the USFL? I was three years old, so I have no idea. I have not even the foggiest of a clue. Right, Larry Zonka though, and uh, the the real USFL LLC. I feel like that's a new thing. 
Oh, that's certainly a new thing. Right, like the real USFL LLC. This thing did not exist before Fox announced the, the, their relaunch. And that's what they're taking issue with. That has nothing to do with the original USFL, but now Fox has basically just co-opted all of that stuff from the 80s. And you can't do that if all of those trademarks are owned this was just reported today, so I haven't been able to look into any legal documents or the complaint or anything like that. But Larry Zonka and the real USFL LLC, they are trying to stop this before it gets going. And they might have a case. May not. I don't know. Well, based on their history of suing with things, I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> Last time they got one U.S. dollar. That is true. Very true. Bethany K. Farber is an esthetician in California. Okay. And she just went through a, and the actual scenario was a while back, but it's coming to fruition now. She was waiting to board a flight in to Mexico, in Los Angeles, and she goes through TSA, she gives them all of her documents, and they come back and say, Miss Farber, there is an, a, an active arrest warrant for you in Texas. Hmm. So they take her into a isolated room, they question her, and then they take her into police custody. She then spent 13 days, 13 days in a Los Angeles jail. Oh, no. There's only one problem. Yeah. She's not the Bethany K. Farber they were looking for. Oh. This one's actually never even had a parking ticket. <laughs> so there was. here's where this story really started to run afoul for me. Her mother is how she got out of, got out of jail. I guess she was making calls home, telling them what was happening. Her mother sent a picture of her to the prosecutor in Texas who had never laid eyes on this person. Mm. They put out a federal arrest warrant, and nobody ever thought that, well, maybe we should take fingerprints or DNA, or maybe we should just verify this is the person we're looking for. Wait, wait, wait. Does this other person possibly have a driver's license? And is there a place that you can go to look up pictures of driver's licenses? And I'm going to be, I'm going to level with you. If they had done even a precursory search the 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 arrested bethany k farber is rather identifiable okay she has very identifiable facial features she has very high cheekbones uh she's a very attractive woman Mm -hmm. they won't release a picture and i have of the actual bethany k farber and i have a funny feeling it's because they don't look anything alike oh no the worst part is that she contacted the prosecutor. The prosecutor called down to the jail and said, we're dismissing the charges. The 